Psalm 119, verse 1. This morning, I want to finish the series of studies on walking in the Word of God. We're actually told that we need to actively walk in God's Word. Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way of life who walk in the law of the Lord. Not just have it, <clears throat> not just own a copy of it, don't just, just mentally read it, but that they walk in it, they live in it. Now, I know we'll never finish learning this book, uh, but this will probably be the final study on just the Bible for a while, at least until next year. So I spent this entire year trying to get you to store up and memorize and learn and treasure the book you hold in your hand to make it a part of your heart and not just your mind. Because a lot of people <clears throat> try to analyze God and try to figure him out. And he's, he's unfigurable. But uh, uh, we've gone through and memorized every month a new verse. Remember our first verse was um, James chapter 1 and verse 22. It says, uh, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. We moved on 2 Timothy in, in February uh, 3.15, that from child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. We went on through all that. We learned a lot of absolute truths. One of the things about the Bible is we can learn things that are absolutely true. Science may come and go and uh, archaeology may, may discount and then find out that they were wrong. But we found out that God is right. This year we've learned that God is controlled and he's working everything out in his plan. And I have done my best to try to get you to walk and live in the pages of your Bible. Uh, but, but something is coming. It's called a famine. <clears throat> and if you don't know what a famine is, most of us don't. Uh, most of us are very well fed. But uh, famine is a widespread lack of food caused by, there are lots of causes, war, caused by natural disasters, crop failures, economic catastrophes, and Sometimes famines are caused by government policies that are stupid and wrong. <clears throat> Usually results in people being malnourished, people starving. Famines cause epidemics and increased mortality, or what we call death. Just people die because of famine. Now I say, well, what is the process? How does famines occur? Well, it happens when the ground cannot grow grains or grass. And the lack of grains mean no one's able to ground flour, and the lack of flour means people don't have bread, and they starve because bread, except over in the Asia, rice, is a pretty um, important staple of life. Now, there are, very di there are different kinds of famines. Uh, probably we don't think about it until we don't have it, but that's when there's a famine of water. Famine just basically means a lack. And when you run out of water, that's serious. There's a famine of grass for livestock. There's a famine of greens for bread. And Western Europe hasn't had many famines since the late 1800s. The last famous one was 1845 here in Ireland. Uh, but uh, we've kind of been blessed as, as, uh, as far as famines are concerned. But there is a famine going on right now in this world. It's causing the worst starvation people have ever known, and it's in every culture and in every nation. It is the lack of hearing the word of God. You're in Psalms. Go to the right. Find a little book called Amos. <clears throat> it's the third minor prophet. So if you get to Ezekiel and Daniel, and then after that, go just a few pages after Daniel, and you'll hit Amos. Amos. 
Amos chapter 8, <clears throat> verse 11 and 12. Amos 8, 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water. That'd be bad enough, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They, the people, shall wander forth, wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. What, what will be what will be the characteristic of this famine is you'll only hear one side of the story. You'll hear man's side. You won't hear God's side. You won't be able to hear from God. <clears throat> Go to Proverbs chapter 1. You can leave Amos for a little while. And go to Proverbs chapter 1 in verse 28. There's coming a time where Proverbs chapter 1, 28 says, They shall call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Why? Verse 29, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now, it's not just knowledge. Keep going. Verse 21. They would none of my counsel. They didn't want to know me. They despised all my reproof. Every time God says, I try to correct you, you despised it. Verse 31. Therefore, shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. That describe you? Uh, what we've got is there's a lack of hearing God's words. Christians aren't living it. We don't speak it, we don't live by it, and we don't love it. So the world hears nothing from God. And my heart breaks for this generation. I worry about your children, about my grandchildren. I watch, I watch as nine months old are in prams and they're being entertained all day long by a little uh, tablet. And that little kid will grow up without it, and I guarantee you, I know, I, I know that there are exceptions to the rule, but generally children are growing up from birth till death and they never learn about God. And in the near future, people won't even be able to hear the words of the Lord because their ears have become so numb. So let's pray. <clears throat> Father, I pray that you'd open our hearts to hear one more time from your word. Don't let anything come between what you've got to say and what we need to hear. Because that's what the world is good at, giving us uh, something else. Something's prettier, something that's more interesting. And boy, has it been polished by social media. Lord, I pray that right now, right here, we would hear you. We would not despise, but we would yearn for you to speak and for us to do what you say. God, please meet with us. Convict hearts. Humble us, Lord. Help us to take it seriously that this book is um, the one thing this world needs more than anything else. In Jesus' name, amen. So we'll start off, and the first thing I want to say is that this famine is a lack of hearing God's opinions, God's laws, and God's absolutes. Go to Psalms. You're in Proverbs. Go to, find the, go to left. Find Psalm 50. Psalm 50 in verse 17. Did you know God has a lot to say about life? You know, he has a lot to say about love and government and families and faith and character and integrity and worship and history 
And he has a lot to say about the future. But Psalm 50, verse 17. Have you noticed? Look at Psalm 50 and verse 17. Seeing thou hatest instruction. And what do we do? And casteth my words behind thee. It's like, it's like you, you reach down or you pick up something, you look at it, and then you throw it behind you and just keep walking. That's how people are treating God's words. You don't find the words of this book very much anywhere these days. Outside of uh, the United Nations, there's a wall there that comes from the book of Isaiah that says, and they shall not learn war anymore, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares. And you know what's kind of cute about that is that scripture. But nobody pays attention to that wall. They go into the United Nations and they listen to all these different various people thinking that they can, they're smarter than God. Well, that scripture that Isaiah is quoted from is not going to happen yet. As a matter of fact, there's at least one more world war coming. People are not beating their swords into plowshares. As a matter of fact, there's more preparation for war than ever before. Just look at Russia and Ukraine. It never ends. But you don't find much scripture hardly anywhere. You, don't, you can't find them on the halls of government like they used to be. Used to go into a courtroom, and uh, there, was, there was scripture up there. There were the Ten Commandments on the walls. People got really upset about that, have the separation of church and state. I understand how you need to be um, uh, you know, diverse. You need to allow for people to have different opinions. But there is something about this book and about the laws that God established that, that, that stabilize a nation. And when you throw away God's word, you invite chaos and disaster. They're not in courthouses. It's not very often these words are openly discussed at cafes. You know, when I got saved, after church on a Sunday night, half the church, there was 250 people in there, half the church would go to, it was like McDonald's, but they called it Dairy Queen. And we would take over, we wouldn't take over, but we would just all get a burger and chips and sit down and we'd talk about what we heard all day at church. And they would be, we'd be there for an hour after our evening church. And there was just fellowship and there was talking and it was, it was marvelous. Um, I, I, I'm not afraid to sit down at a cafe. Unfortunately, they don't allow people to sit down in cafes hardly anymore. But to open up my Bible and somebody sit down and we'd be talking about Bible things. That's rare, wouldn't you agree? Wasn't always that way. People used to have different opinions and be able to talk about it. Now you're not allowed to have any different opinion. When it comes, have you noticed you can't find Bibles in schoolrooms? You can find them in prisons, but you can't find them in a schoolroom. Children are not allowed to be taught the history of the Bible. You know, in, in military schools, they won't let people look for the Bible and learn about military history from the Bible. And yet it's some of the most brilliant tactics ever. And they just... Just something's going on where there is a famine coming. And you won't even find this book in a lot of churches. You'll find missiles and you'll find, uh, uh, you'll find, uh, um, I don't know, song books and things. But you know, you'll find in churches, you'll find churches that talk about what Rick Warren thinks and what Joel Olstein says. They want to find out what the Pope thinks and says and what scientists and psychologists think and what, Hill, what new Hill song, uh, ha, uh, song has been published. And so children are growing up without any knowledge of the God who loved them, who made them, designed them, and died for them to save them. They don't know God, and they don't know what is wrong with the world. 
They're instead raised by SpongeBob and on Ritalin. If I asked your son or your daughter how many books are in the Bible, could they tell me? Could you? If I asked you why did God judge Sodom and Gomorrah, would you know? Would they know? If I asked how could Noah get all the animals on the ark, would they know? Do you know? If I asked you why did Cain murder his brother in Genesis chapter 4, or what does the name Jesus mean, would your kids know? Maybe some of you could answer those questions, but the majority of Christians can't. You know, everyone used to demand equal time. They wanted diversity. Well, what they meant was we need to get rid of God. And so they got rid of God. And look at where we're in. This famine is the failure of Christianity. Go to Psalm 81. You're in Psalm Psalm 50. Go to Psalm 81. You know, there are some famines that are that are human, uh, brought about by human blame. Uh, for about uh, 15 years, over in the Sudan and Ethiopia, the uh, United Nations sh- shipped food by the millions of tons and dropped it off on the docks, and they sat there and rotted while the people were starving just 100 meters away. You know how that happened? Because the government didn't want the people to get the food. They wanted genocide. They wanted as many people to die as possible so that there was more resources for those who remained. There are some evil people out there who are responsible for famines. Well, you know, we Christians have something to uh, have some part in this as well. Look at Psalm 81 in verse 9. He's speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of me, would have none of me. That's referring to God's people. Uh, They no longer wanted to hear God's words. Does that describe you? I know people who come and go. They come to church, they love church, and then all of a sudden something happens and then they quit. And they say, I'm not interested anymore. That bothers me. Because look at the result. Look at verse 12. Look there, Psalm 81, 12. So I gave them up unto their own hearts, lusts, and they walked in their own counsels. So God, look what he says. He says, I quit trying to talk to them. This This famine is part of our failure because this is God's people not wanting to hear. Do you realize what a church uh, is supposed to be about? Churches are designed by God to be the pillar and the ground of the truth. What does that mean? That means we're not a place for entertainment. We're a place that is supposed to uphold and point everyone to the truth. Pilate sitting there talking to Jesus Christ, and all Jesus wanted to talk about was the truth. Remember that? When Pilate had him in in, uh, bonds, and um, was getting ready to crucify him. And Jesus kept talking about the truth. And what did Pilate say? What is truth? And he walked out the door. Didn't believe in any truth. Well, churches, if you ever came to a church, you better, you better hope that you go into some place that believes there is truth and preaches it. Churches are supposed to preach the word, not philosophy, not self-help or self-awareness or positivity or mindfulness or self-love techniques. 
Those are all categories of messages in churches. You know what I find? Uh, let's catch up with this thing. I find churches love money more than they love God. And they love popularity and they love this dark, empty world more than they look forward to the world to come. You know, I think this world is a mess, amen? I think some days it's beautiful. But you know, I, this is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm looking forward to the world to come. But there are Christians who don't think one second about heaven, don't think one second about standing before God and pleasing God. And they're Christians. There's a failure on our part. And there are churches that preach a false, twisted gospel that is powerless to save anybody. Most churches, if you, if you were to actually stand, uh, sit and listen to them carefully, they preach a gospel that doesn't upset anybody. They preach a gospel that says peace, people are basically fine, that God just loves everybody and will take everyone to heaven when they die. When was the last time you went to a, to a funeral and somebody says, I don't know whether this guy was saved or lost or not? No, every one of them seem to go straight to God, don't they? That's not true. The Bible says, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. The Bible says, narrow is the gate, uh, uh, narrow is the way, and straight is the gate that leads to life, and few be there that find it. There's not that many that get there. And churches won't say that because they're afraid of offending people. So churches preach a false gospel that is out to make you richer happier, more prosperous instead of more holy. That's where people are going right now, and that's where they're full. <laughs> we Christians have a part to blame in this. It's a lot of our own fault because we don't give out gospel tracts anymore. You know, in my 58 years of life, I've only been given a gospel tract twice. And I'm glad the first time worked. <laughs> Because what if I got stubborn and I didn't listen to that first time and then somebody gave me a second time? I don't know. How many times does God have to tell you he loves you, he wants you, and he died for you before he finally says, you're not listening? We think kids are just going to find their own way. Oh, I'm letting my kids find their own way. Yeah, I understand. We think people, Christians, think people are basically good. We're afraid to tell anybody our testimony of salvation. We're afraid of being embarrassed or humiliated. We don't really care if Bible-believing churches stay or die. Hmm. We don't care if countless millions have never even heard the name Jesus once. We don't care. We don't care if our schools teach evolution and abortion and gender equality. We don't care if our children are starving on the inside. We only care about being just like everybody else. That's all we care about. Somebody gets a 2021 car, we want a 2021 car. Somebody gets, <clears throat> you know, gets to move. Somebody gets to, we, we, all we want is just to be like everybody else. And so the world stays lost. But this famine is a famine of the judgment of God. Go back to Amos 8 again. Find that little book after Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. And three books later is Amos chapter 8. <clears throat> Amos 8 and verse 11. All the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. I will send a famine. And he goes on, he says, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing 
the words of the Lord. Coronavirus is easily a judgment on the whole world. I mean, I can say that there are some things that are just classic judgment of God. I don't know, kind of got an idea where it came from, kind of know why it was created and all these things, but it's a curse. And really, <clears throat> man may think that we're, we just use a little vaccine and everybody get better. Well, that's been disproven. This is a curse. It is preparing the entire world for the coming Antichrist, getting everybody ready to easily just fall in line, take the mark of the beast. Don't worry about money. It's all going to be taken for you. You're going to, it's always going to be in your account, but they will measure and, and they will control you. You won't be able to buy or sell unless they allow you to. But there's a worse judgment coming, folks. Um, it's called the silence of God. You know, it was the most terrifying thing to Job. Now, Job had lost his kids. Job had lost his health. Job had lost his wealth. You know what he was afraid of? That God would stay silent. He says, I wish God would just talk to me. It was a terrifying thought that Job would just live out his days without an answer, without hope, without any assurance that this was according to plan, that this, that this wasn't an accident, and it was for nothing. King Saul panicked when God wouldn't talk to him and went silent. You need to take it seriously that when you close that Bible and you get on with your life and you go for years without ever looking at one page of that book, you're in a famine. It's a dangerous time in your life. Christians do it. The silence of God is a terrifying thing because it'll ruin you. The truth is God has not been wanted in our modern world. And so guess what he's done? He has stepped back. And in his place, another force has been taken over. You noticed it? Hardness of hearts, especially towards anything religious, anything moral. If it's a morality that the humanist didn't come up with, then it's unacceptable. I see, I've seen all over the world. I mean, I knew Europe had a socialistic idea about how to just take every, care of everybody from cradle to grave. But it's now everywhere. Nobody is responsible for their life anymore. Only the government can take care of us. That's not right. You need God. And you need to work hard. Somebody says, you know how to get free money? Work for it. <laughs> but you never hear that from the government. Scientists come up with the most fanciful explanations for everything. I mean, from muck to man. Do you know, there is a belief that there is no human life in the womb of, of a pregnant woman until she wants it. It's not human until she wants it. Can you believe that? That's science, according to them. <clears throat> People by the millions starve for God's words. And yet they die without hope, without ever knowing their creator. This famine is a problem for the world, for the whole world. Go to Zechariah. You're in Amos. Go to the right. Go almost to the end. <clears throat> and you'll find a book called Zechariah chapter 7 and verse 12. And it is a serious problem. Zechariah 7, 12 says, Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. Adamant was the hardest stone, harder than a diamond. They made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law. What is that referring to? Just, no, I'm not listening. Keep going. Lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent by his spirit, in his spirit, by the former prophets, 
Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Can you see? When you reject just even hearing God's side, God says, you open up the door for trouble. Without this book, this world has no compass, no anchor, no trouble, uh, anchor in troubles, no sure hope, no light, and no help for the human heart. People complain about this Bible. I like, I read loads of things where people say, oh, well, look at the Bible. It says that some guys could have multiple wives. And then they'll go, I won't believe anything about the Bible now. You say, that's kind of stupid. Because without ever studying it, without ever looking at the bigger picture of the thing, I want you to see the, 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 the result of rejecting God's view of marriage and relationships and things, which is kind of complex. Yes, I grant that. But here in the 21st century, have you noticed people don't even get married? They kind of just live together for a while, and then they swap each other out about after every 10 years. Same-sex marriage is more popular than heterosexual marriage. That's kind of a funny thing. They, ex they exchange the Bible, and look at what they're doing now and promoting now. You know what? The, the whole purpose of the weekend now is only for one thing, and that's sex. Kind of curious. They reject God's view, and look at what we're doing. Unwanted pregnancies can be quickly terminated with a simple pill. Designer babies are just a doctor's form away. Can you make sure that my baby does not have Down syndrome? Uh, tell me, is my baby going to have red hair or black? Hmm. People can't just see the design in anything. They just look at this universe. They look at DNA and they go, there's no design. You know what that tells you? When you reject just simple words, you lose your mind. You lose your mind. You can't even see what is right out there. You know, there's more drink and drug abuse than ever before. It's not going away, folks. There are more treatment centers. There are more charities. There are more programs trying to help people who are addicted and functioning addicts all across every spectrum, from the poorest up to the wealthiest. We're more drugged up than ever before. See what happens when you reject God's word? The greatest scientists in the world can't tell if a person is a boy or a girl. You know what I found? This world is so full of stuff and information that they're starving for truth. You couldn't convince them of that. They're just happy. They've been lulled to sleep, and they are completely unaware that they do not know God. And it leads to something. It leads to the damning of our nation. Go to Deuteronomy, <clears throat> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, chapter 4. The lack of hearing and considering God's word is ruining our world. I believe that. I don't believe that I, sh I just operate in a little four-walled building here, and I just sort of just have our little beliefs, and it doesn't matter what anybody else believes. No, I believe what I'm preaching, and I believe that the world needs to hear it. This book used to be the bedrock and foundation of every nation's great, uh, great nation's laws and culture throughout history. Look at Deuteronomy 4, verse 7. Listen to what God thinks of his laws. He says this, Deuteronomy 4, 7, For what nation is there so great? who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call Him, call upon him for. And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments 
so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day. God himself says there are no laws greater than these laws. And if you want your laws of government to be right and to be balanced, you base it on the Bible. And there are there used to be law and, and, and university classes that looked at what the Bible said. People worry about free will. That's been debated for the last 500 years since the Bible was introduced into universities. It's not debated anymore, except on the matrix. People can't figure what to believe anymore because this book's been taken away and it's damned our nation. Do you know the right to free speech is from the Bible? Did you know the right to silence came from the book you hold in your hand? Do you know the right to own private property is a God-given right? The right to be free from government pressure and coercion came from the Bible. Do you know the right to self-defense is in the Bible? The right uh, to believe whatever you want to believe, even if you're wrong, that's a Bible right. Jesus was sitting there and the disciples all freaking out. There were people out there doing their own thing and Jesus let them alone. We're not here to kill people who differ with us. God will deal with them. And I can, I can actually deal with people who have different opinions. Can you? If you watch RTE every day, you can't because they won't let anybody have another opinion. Folks, I'm telling you, this book is where we find our God-given rights. It doesn't come from government. It doesn't come from, from uh, legislatures and uh, congresses and parliaments. It comes from the Bible. This generation, this world needs to hear what you know. They're starving. You're, if you believe this Bible, if you've let it affect you and save you and change you and make you a better person. You're, you're doing great, but the world next to you, your neighbor, people in this city, in this nation, are starving for what you have. Peter called these words the words of life in John 6. Paul called them the holy scriptures, not the words of men. Jesus called them the very words of God. God calls them his words, his commandments, his statutes, his ordinances, his testimonies, his ways, and his thoughts. And without them, there is no stability, no sanity, no hope, and no future for any nation. <clears throat> it doesn't matter how much you learn or how much you earn. Without knowing Jesus, death wins every time. Death wins every time. Romans chapter 10 <clears throat> Romans chapter 10 in verse 13. Greatest invitation here. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord <clears throat> shall be saved. You know why most people don't get saved? Because they don't know who he is. Well, how do you find out who he is? Look at down at verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. Ah, a famine of hearing. Well, if you want to know Jesus, it comes by hearing the word of God. What do we do? Well, we need to humble ourselves. So let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4.
let's never let ourselves be deceived into thinking there's, there's all this life out there in the world. There's things to do, things to explore, things to conquer. That's all fine. But where does life come from? Matthew 4, 4. Jesus saying to the devil who's trying to trick him, trying to get him to make some stones into bread. Jesus said, nope. He answered and said back, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Even if I'm starving, bread's not my need. Remember, there's a famine. It's not a famine of bread. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. You can do without it. But you live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Let's humble ourselves and make sure we stay in this book. Secondly, don't let what we've learned this year just become history. 2022 needs God's people to take what we know seriously. The world is starving to know what you know. You know, if you know three verses, you know three verses more than most people. <laughs> we need to continue to walk in this word all the way until we reach home to heaven, never slowing down, never quitting, never let anybody ever trip us up. Stay mighty in the scriptures. Third, let's store up and memorize and treasure and read and study and hold on to every word and every page of this book. Don't let fake book and social media on your phone take its place. Because that's what this, that's what this uh, little device has done. It's taken up more time from our kids and from our relationships and from our Bible and from just our own ability. When was the last time you just sat and there was nothing going on and you just sat there and it was quiet and you didn't go demented? You had nothing in your hand. You weren't eating something. The radio wasn't on. The TV wasn't on. There was nobody to talk to. And you just sat there quietly and you said, I think I'll just worship God for a little bit. When was the last time you had, could handle silence and quiet? And then you picked up your Bible and it says, God, talk to me. Every day, read two, three, four chapters a day. From start to finish, don't ever get over that. Prepare for the hard times where you will wish you did because that time is coming then make sure you sow the words and scatter them everywhere put a gospel track anywhere and everywhere you know people do read them i know people are less and less readers if it's not jumping out of them it's not multimedia they're not interested but scatter the word of god give a tract out give a track out every day you know tell people god's opinions about abortion People say, was that your opinion? I said, well, that is my opinion, but I got it from God. Do you know the Bible has stuff to talk about? God talks about artificial intelligence and the common one world government and the world order and stuff. So the word of God, invest the contents of this book into the next generation. Help missionaries to get to the farthest reaches of the world. Go to Isaiah with me and we'll go to the last verse. I just want to remind you this book still works. Isaiah 55. Hummed and hawed about what message to preach. I just know this. God's word's got to do the work. Isaiah 55 and verse 10. Describing like when it rains and the results of, of a good rain, look at Isaiah 55 and verse 10. It says, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven 
It returns not hither, thither. It doesn't just bounce right back up. But it watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So just like rain brings fruit and so the soil uh, 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 produces grains and uh, seeds and bread. Verse 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It won't come back empty. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So you say, I don't get much out of the Bible. I guarantee you, you get more out of it than you know. And just by spending time listening to God, probably has saved your marriage, probably has saved your home, probably has saved your sanity, and it can still save this nation. So my question to you is, will you let it work in you right now? If you've kind of gotten backslid, if this book doesn't mean much to you, if these words are uh, from another planet, let me tell you, they are words to you and you and you, every one of us, that there's a God who wants you. There's a God in heaven that stepped down into this universe. We're about to celebrate a whole month of this, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He didn't just from the sky scream out, be perfect. Be good, work hard. That's not what God did. God came down here and lived down here, and he knows what it feels like to hurt and be abandoned and to be rejected and to be hated and then to be crucified. If you would just listen to that message, just the most wonderful story. Listen to the Christmas story again, fresh this year at Christmas. Listen to Luke. Go back to Isaiah chapter 9 and listen. Uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And, 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 there is no end to his government that goes on, that rests on his shoulders. Will you let it do a work in you? This book, this book is God's quiet reasoning with the stubborn hearts of men and women. We finally say, okay, Lord, I'll listen. Because if you'll give him half a chance, he can reach into your heart and show you what's wrong and say, I can fix that too. Would you stand with me and bow in prayer? <clears throat> In the quietness of this moment, God, I ask that you would speak to every heart and grip every heart and help us to sense that We've let a world of social media, we've let a world of problems, a world of fear so numb us to just hearing from you and letting you speak and letting you help. Right now in this quiet time, God, I pray that we would yearn for that again. That we would agree with you. We've hardened our hearts and we've covered our ears. No wonder the world He's going through a famine because we're not, we're not preaching it. We're not caring. 
If there was actual famine in Ireland right now, Lord, if people were without food, we would all, we would all do everything we could to make sure that county, that city, that area had what they needed to survive. Lord, there's a much worse famine. And we need not to see pictures of, of starving babies. We need to hear your word to remind us that there are starving souls. And there may be in this room. And they've tried everything else. They've, they've looked everywhere else. They've tried to fill the void and it doesn't fill. So they just get used to it. Lord, don't let anybody get used to that emptiness. I pray they want to know you, not just in the head, but in the fullness of their heart. I pray that by reading the pages of this book, they get to know the author and that he is wonderful. And that his name is Jesus. And he can save them today if they would just ask. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.